الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خيركم خيركم لأهله وأنا خيركم لأهلي أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله As we are all aware, tomorrow, inshallah, will be the 10th of Muharram, the day of Ashura. And it is normal that before such a great event, we discuss certain aspects relating to that event. However, last week a, com- a topic was commenced by our respected Ustad, Hazrat Mawana Ilyas Patel Sahib, Damad Barakatuhum, on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being the best husband. And this topic was meant to be over two parts, over two Jumu'ahs. So inshallah we will first speak on that topic and towards the end we will try and highlight a few aspects relating to Ashura. And inshallah in the night program inshallah we will hear more details relating to the day of Ashura. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's every aspect of his life was a beautiful example for us. As was explained that not only the salah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not only the hajj of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but every aspect of his life was a perfect example. And this is one of the hikmats and one of the wisdoms. Why? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam in the form of human beings. That we can relate to them. They have the needs that we have. They have the urges that we have. But despite all of that, they threaded that path which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The kuffar, the disbelievers would make demands that the angels must be come, must come down. And they must be the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if an angel was a messenger of Allah, then a human being could not relate to him. Because he does not have the needs that a human being has. Therefore the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam conducted their lives, normal lives in this world. They married and they showed us that beautiful example, how we should be conducting ourselves. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an Majid, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا That is a beautiful example for you in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the topic that we were, that has been commenced from last week and we continuing, is the topic of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being the best husband. And a few examples from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from his interaction with his azwaj mutahharat, for us to gauge and for us to get an example and for us to take inspiration from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Unfortunately, the ulama are 
are being, are, are, are handling so many issues, marital issues, that sometimes a person thinks, that how can people even behave in this way? How can people even speak in this way? But this is because we have forgotten the example of our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So inshallah by discussing this perfect example, and by us understanding how Nabi Islam interacted with his azwaj mutahharat, then inshallah we will take inspiration. And through the barakah and blessings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inshallah we will try and follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in our interactions and in our marital life as well. So another example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's interaction with Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, his beloved wife. And then we should understand that Aisha radiallahu anha was young. She was not young, she was very young. And the dictates of her age would be that certain things that she would need to do. Because a young person would need to do certain things. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam understood that. Aisha radiallahu anha says that I would have my friends come over to the home and I would play with them. We had some type of toys or some type of, of dolls that did not have, did not have a face, did not have a head and we should, we should play with this. And Nabi Islam would come into the home. Now who is this? This is Aisha radiallahu anha, that great sahabiya. But after all her age demanded that she needs to play with it. Rasulullah some understood this. He would come to the home. Say that Aisha radiallahu anha would be playing with her friends. When they would see Nabi Islam coming, out of respect they will move away. Nabi sallallahu would allow them to continue. Nabi Islam would allow them to continue understanding the age of Aisha radiallahu anha. And this is a very, very important aspect. Understanding emotions, understanding human psychology, understanding behavior patterns. And if a person understands this, then many of the issues that we have, inshallah, will not become issues. We understand if the wife is sick, then it's obvious that at that time, her behavior will not be normal. She may say something, but that is because of the condition that, is, that she is in. So understanding a person makes it much easier for us to react to that situation. So Aisha radiallahu anha says on one occasion, there were some Abyssinians that were playing some type of game, some type of training they were doing with spears in the courtyard of the masjid. So from her home she could see that. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa offered her that do you want to see them doing this? So it was some type of training they were doing, a type of sport. But obviously it was not a sport in vain. It was something that will assist in jihad, in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is encouraged. For example, horse riding, archery, these kind of sports are encouraged by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam within the framework of Shariat. So these Abyssinians were doing this training with their spears in the courtyard of the masjid. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam again understanding the age of Aisha radiallahu anha, he offers her and he says to her that you want to see them playing. So she says yes. So she says that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood in the front, I stood behind him. She was in her home, the door was open, Nabi sallallahu was standing in the front, I was standing behind him, and he was concealing me. My cheek was touching the cheek, the Mubarak cheek of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which meant over his Mubarak shoulder she was looking. Now this was completely within the confines of her home, and also maintaining parda. So obviously this should not be used in the wrong context. Na'udhu billah to say that now a woman can go to watch a sports match. There's nothing like that. This was within the home and complete concealment. And now she says that I'm looking at them playing. And I'm a young, I'm young at that time. 
she came to live with Rasulullah at the age of nine. Obviously, her maturity level was higher than the maturity of a 40-year-old woman today. But at the same time, because of her age, there were certain things that she would like to do. So she says that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he stood like this. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa didn't have any need to stand there and look at, this, at these people playing. But then, because of his wife, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stood in that manner. And she says, every now and again, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would ask me, Ama shabi'ti, have you had enough? She'd say, no. And she says, the reason why I stood longer is I just wanted to see how much he loves me. I wanted to see how much he loves me, that's why I stood longer. And then again he'll ask me, Ama shabi'ti, and I'll say no. And Aisha radiallahu says, Nabi Islam stood for so long until I finally got tired and I left. And then she says, the point and the message, she says, فَقْدُرُوا قَدْرَ الْجَارِيَةِ الْحَدِيثَةِ السِّنِّ الْحَرِيصَةِ عَلَى اللَّهُ Now you can work out, telling the, the person who's studying the hadith and reading this incident, telling you and I, that you can work out when there's a young girl, and she likes looking at these kind of things. She gets interested in this. How long she'll stand? That's how long Nabi Wasallam stood for me. Now Nabi Wasallam, there wasn't a person more busy than him. There wasn't a person who would do more ibadat than him. There wasn't a person who was more involved in dini activities than him. But despite all of that, Rasulullah took out the time to spend family time. He gave his family the time that they required. And this level of family time, sometimes we say we're too busy to play with our children. And then, when they gone to that age, when now they are getting involved in other things, now we think, I, wish, I should have given them the attention. But Rasulullah wasallam, that perfect example, that uswatun hasana, Rasulullah wasallam taught us, Nabi wasallam went to this level, understanding the age of his wife, and this was the level of consideration and patience Rasulullah had. Safiya radiallahu anha, the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who came from a Jewish background. Her father was Uyay bin Akhtab. After Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had conquered Khaybar, then she came as a prisoner of war. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam freed her. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam offered her to marry her and she accepted. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made nikah with Safiya radiallahu anha. The details are lengthy. But just this one aspect, to show the mutual consideration and respect between husband and wife. What an amazing example. Now they are leaving Khaybar. She's a newlywed, new bride. And she was short in height. So Safiya radiallahu anha needed to climb onto the camel of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The camel was seated, was made to sit down. But it was still difficult for Safiya radiallahu anha to climb up. What does Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do? Understand who he's speaking about. The paragon of Allah's creation. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kneels next to that camel. He places his Mubarak foot on the ground. And he makes his knee into a step for his wife to put her foot on his knee, on his Mubarak knee, and to climb onto the camel. What Mubarak knee is that? But his Mubarak knee, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa understood that consideration for my wife is must, I must allow her to put her foot on my knee. Just to climb onto that camel. But on the side of Safiya radiallahu anha, just newly married to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the level of respect she had, she thinks to herself, how can I put the bottom of my foot on the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa knee? 
I cannot show this level of disrespect. Although I need to climb onto that conveyance, it is, an, it is a time of need. But I cannot put the bottom of my foot on his Mubarak knee. She places her knee on the knee of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And in this way, she mounts the camel of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Mutual consideration and respect. When one spouse behaves with respect to the other and consideration, then inshallah the same will be, will be reciprocated as well. So many other examples of consideration. Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha says that one night, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa comes into my home. It was my turn. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa removes his extra garments and now he comes into the bed about to sleep. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa works out after some time and he realizes or he thinks that I have fallen off to sleep. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa comes out of the bed. She says that he came out from the bed he took his shawl and he covered himself with his shawl. فَأَخَذَ رِدَاءَهُ رُوَيْدًا She says, very very softly Nabi Islam took his shawl. وَانْتَعَلَ رُوَيْدًا He wore his shoes very softly, very silently. Then he opened the door, he, closed, he came out and he closed the door رُوَيْدًا He did this softly also. Just let us look at retrospect. We wake up in the morning. Sometimes we may be even waking up for tahajjud salah. This woman is sleeping like a log. What I must worry about her? I'm waking up for tahajjud. And then the noise that we make, causing a disturbance, disturbing the wife. Maybe she doesn't have to read salah. But you must wake up because I'm awake at this time. So we make a noise. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so many times in this one sentence she says, Ruwaydan, Ruwaydan, Ruwaydan. He's doing it softly. He's doing it silently. Consideration for her sleep. Not realizing that Aisha radiallahu is awake. He thought that she had fallen off to sleep. And now Nabi sallallahu leaves the home. Aisha radiallahu says, I think to myself, and this is a natural quality within a woman. The quality of possessiveness. Your wife is possessive over you because she loves you. That's what husbands need to understand. She doesn't want to share you with anyone because she loves you. Not because she's fighting you. So if the wife wants to know what you're doing with your phone because she wants to make sure that she's only her, yours and no one else is yours. So that, that is something which is natural. Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu also felt this. And she felt maybe Nabi Islam is gone to one of the other azwaj mutahharat So she covers herself, she wears her clothes and she leaves the home. Following Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she reaches Jannatul Baqi, the graveyard. And then she sees Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is standing and making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After some time, she makes out that Nabi sallallahu is going to turn, to return, go back to the home. She didn't want to be caught by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So very quickly she walks. When Nabi sallallahu starts walking faster, she even increases her speed until she reaches the home and she goes into the bed before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But obviously because of that fast pace that she was walking, she was breathing heavily. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa comes into the home. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, Ma laki ya Aish. Now look at this. In our perspective, the wife was trying to catch you. The wife was trying to catch you and you caught her. Now at that moment, what a person will do? Yeah, you saw. You think you're sharp. You think you want to catch me. See what happened to you. What, what's the response of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Ma laki ya Aish? Oh Aish, what has happened? Nabi Islam doesn't say Aisha. He says Aish, a short form. 
short form showing love to his wife. What happened? So she says, oh, nothing happened. That answer, nothing happened, is normal for a wife to give that answer. So Nabi Wasallam says to, says to Aisha radiallahu anha, if you don't tell me what happened, Allah will tell me. If you don't tell me what happened, Allah will tell me. So then she explains that uh, I saw you leaving. So because of that, I this possessiveness overcame me and I also came to see what's happening and where you're going. So Nabi Wasallam first nudged her in her chest. And then he says, that that you think do you think that Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa will oppress you and be unjust to you it's your night you think Nabi sallallahu is going to go to someone else's home and then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa explains to her that when we went into the bed then Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam came with a message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I must go to Baqi and make istighfar for the inmates of the Qabristan of the graveyard so, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that, فَكَرِهْتُ أَنْ أُوْقِذَكَ I thought you were sleeping. I didn't want to break your sleep. I didn't want to wake you up. Where is he going? He's going as per the command of Allah. But still I can't disturb the sleep of my wife. I can't disturb her sleep. I didn't want to wake you up because I didn't want to disturb your sleep. Therefore I did not inform you. And also he goes on to say, وَخَشِيتُ أَن تَسْتَوْحِشِ And I was worried that if I disturb your sleep and tell you that I'm going, then you will be alone. It's the night. You may feel lonely at this portion of the night. So I was also considerate to that. Considerate to her sleep, considerate to her feelings. She mustn't feel lonely. And therefore I didn't wake you up. And I went to the Qabristan because this was the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now from the beginning of this incident, the message that comes out is consideration upon consideration upon consideration. The manner in which Nabi Wasallam wore his shawl, ruaydan, softly. The manner in which Nabi Wasallam wore his shoes, softly. The manner in which he left the home, softly. Then he says to Aisha radiallahu anha, I didn't want to disturb your sleep. And he says that I was worried that you'll feel lonely if I have to inform you and I have to wake you up and tell you then that therefore I didn't inform you and I went away. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was clear about what happened. He explained to her. He didn't tell her, no, you're none of your business. You don't need to know what I'm going, what I'm doing. This is my life. You don't need to get involved. It's my personal life. I don't have to answer. I'm not answerable to you. No. This is not how a husband and wife will relate. This is not how a husband and wife interact. That may be the, the relationship of an employer and an employee. That may be that kind of relationship. But the husband and wife relationship is a relationship of love. It's a relationship of consideration. It's a relationship of respect. They are as if they are one. Therefore on one occasion, when one of the neighbors of Rasulullah he was a Persian neighbor, and he would cook a very tasty curry, some type of gravy or soup he would cook. So he prepared this meal, and he came to invite Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وَهَذِهِ What about Aisha? Is she also invited? So he says, no, she's not invited. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, that I'm not coming. Then, the second time he comes, and he extends the invitation again. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وَهَذِهِ Again he says, no. On the third time, when he says that she can come also, then only Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam accepted that invitation. If something like this happens today, we'll say petticoat government. 
This man is controlled by his wife. Obviously the muhaditheen explain. Doesn't mean now every invitation you must insist that your wife has to come. The muhaditheen explain that Aisha radiallahu anha and Nabi sallallahu both were hungry. They both were hungry. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was understanding her feelings. That if I go to eat, my hunger will be satisfied but my wife is hungry. My wife is hungry. How can I fill my stomach when my wife is hungry? So we rather both of us stay hungry. Both of us will stay hungry together. If both of us are invited, then both of us will eat. Otherwise, I will stay hungry with my wife. This was that consideration that Rasulullah showed to the feelings of his wife, understanding the, the feelings, understanding the emotions. And like this, as was explained last week as well, there are so many other examples of Rasulullah's interaction. One last example and we'll terminate on this. Because this is something which also happens in marriages. And we need to understand it also happened in the marriage of Rasulullah as well. One day Sayyiduna Abu Bakr radiallahu anh is approaching the home of Rasulullah and his daughter Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha. And then he hears that his daughter is talking a little loudly. Her voice is raised. And who she's raising her voice with? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And let us understand here again that this does not amount to disrespect of the Nabi of Allah. This was a relationship of husband and wife. This was not the relationship of an ummati speaking to the Nabi. If that is the situation, then obviously it would be disrespect. This was the relationship of husband and wife. And Nabi wasallam accommodated for that. Nabi wasallam gave them that freedom, that they can get a bit upset with him. Although Nabi wasallam was the best of Allah's creation, this was meant to be a lesson for the ummah to come, that there will be situations in your, in your life, when your wife is upset with you, and she may raise her voice as well. Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu is speaking loudly to Rasulullah Abu Bakr radiallahu anh comes. Who's Abu Bakr? Abu Bakr radiallahu anh was that person who was, who had, who, 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 who worried nothing about himself. Everything was the comfort of Rasulullah And he hears now, my daughter is speaking like this to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa He's looking at it from a different perspective. He's not looking at it from the perspective that they are husband and wife. He's looking at it that this is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa How can she speak loudly to him? He goes to his daughter to slap her. He walks to his daughter to slap her, Aisha radiallahu anha. And she say, he says to her, La araki tarfa'ina sawtaki ala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa How dare you raise your voice to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now he behaved how he's supposed to be behaving. But look at the response of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The point is there will be ups and downs in marital life. There will be that day when your wife raises her voice also. What does Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't say, Yeah, see your father is also taking my side. That's what we'll do. Your father is also on my side. See your whole family is on my side. No. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa goes and stops Abu Bakr radiallahu anh. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anh goes away. When Abu Bakr radiallahu anh goes away, what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa does? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa makes it into a light-hearted thing. He says to her, كَيْفَ رَأَيْتِنِي أَنْقَذْتُكِ مِنَ الرَّجُلِ You saw how I saved you from that man. You saw how I saved you from that man. Not from your father, not from Abu Bakr. How I saved you from that man. This was meant to cheer her up. And in this way, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, he, he 
put an end to that whole situation. That whole situation where Aisha radiallahu may have been upset. Nabi Islam in this way, he calmed the whole situation just by making a light-hearted comment. So these are a few examples from the Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That perfect example that we have before us. Really respected friends, just studying the interaction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with his azwaj mutahharat and with his respected wives is enough to make us lovers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And perhaps I may be not wrong in saying that it, it is enough to convince a person even a disbeliever to convince him that this was definitely the Nabi of Allah and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was just so normal as a human being. He was just so natural when it came to his interaction with his azwaj mutahharat. Why? Leaving behind an example for us that, O oh, ummatis of minds, you will also have situations in your life. Your wives may not be as my wives would be, but you are not like me also. We will say, no, but my wife is not like Nabi Salaam's wives. But where are we compared to him? We also have our shortcomings. But let us take inspiration from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As we mentioned in the beginning, that tomorrow is the day of Ashura. And it's only right for us to discuss certain things regarding Ashura. But since the series had commenced last week, therefore we continued with it. Just one or two points, highlighters, inshallah. In the night programs, you can hear further details about it. The day of Ashura is that day, Najjallahu fihi Musa wa gharraqa Fir'aun. It was that day in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had saved Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and the Banu Israel from the tyranny of Fir'aun. And Musa alayhi salatu wasalam fasted on the day of Ashura as a means of shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has encouraged us to fast as well and the reward of fasting is one previous year's minor sins are forgiven. So one previous year's minor sins are forgiven just by fasting on the day of Ashura. But then because the Jews were fasting, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa had encouraged us that we should oppose the Jews. Not encouraged, he commanded us that we oppose the Jews. Khaliful Yahud. That go against the Jews. So in going against the Jews, we will fast one day before the 9th which is today and the 10th tomorrow or the 10th and the 11th. This is a great lesson as well. That even in our acts of ibadat, we will not resemble them and we will not assimilate with them. So forget other things or even more importantly other things that we will oppose the Jews because this is the, the, the direct instruction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And obviously on the 10th of Ashura as well, a very very sad incident had taken place in our history and that is the martyrdom of the respected and beloved grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyiduna Hussein radiallahu an, he and his family members were mercilessly killed on the plains of Karbala in, uh, on the 10th of Muharram as well. But we should understand that Ashura did not get its significance because of the martyrdom of Hussein radiallahu an. Yes, Hussein radiallahu an was martyred on this day definitely. But this day of Ashura was always significant. It was significant from before. And even in the time of Rasulullah and Nabi Sallallahu attached a lot of significance to this day. So the day of Ashura is not only symbolic with Karbala. Sometimes we feel that the only thing that happened was, was Karbala happened on Ashura. Yes, it happened. And it is something which pains us. Because it definitely pained the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But at the same time we should understand that this day of Ashura was always significant. 
And then, last but not least, we all love this one, that Rasulullah has encouraged us also, that we spend freely on our family members, on our dependents. Doesn't mean we buy gifts and give everyone, etc. We, we spend freely on our own family members. So, whatever we buy, we buy a little extra, and we spend on them, and inshallah, we will enjoy the barakat for the entire year. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with the barakat and the blessings of this great day of Ashura. Allah 